0: TheWellnessCouch.com. Streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. Real news, real health, real quick. Hi, I'm Brett Hill. And This Week in Wellness, independent Australian researchers, Nutrition Research Australia, or N-R-A-U-S, are asking people to hashtag rethink the pink, suggesting that pink salt contains low levels of nutrients, and potentially harmful levels of heavy metals. Their study looked at 31 samples of pink salts commercially available in Australia and suggested the contents were unpredictable and inconsistent in nature. For example, the level of nutrients in the pink salt varied widely, with some containing no iron, and others 17 milligrams of iron per 100 grams, and some containing 53 milligrams of calcium per 100 grams, while others contained 574 milligrams. Some pink salts were shown to contain aluminium and lead, with one containing a level of lead exceeding the national contaminant levels. Those with the higher levels of essential nutrients were also said to be higher in heavy metals. While the study did acknowledge that pink salt contains more magnesium, calcium and potassium than table salt, the authors suggest that the amount of pink salt needed to make this a meaningful contributor to the diet is prohibitive. NRAUS state that they funded the research independently, and CEO Dr. Flavia Fayette-Moore stated that Our study shows that pink salt's reputation for being quote-unquote healthier has now been debunked, with the nutrient level too low and variable for it to be a consistent source of nutrients. People would need to consume six teaspoons of pink salt for those nutrients to make a meaningful contribution to their diet, which far exceeds dietary guidelines and is detrimental to health. While pink salt may look prettier, she went on to say, on the dining room table, there are many healthy ways to enhance flavor and add color to your meal, such as using herbs and spices like paprika, turmeric cinnamon, saffron, and even pink peppercorns. As always, the links are in the show notes. Now my opinion on this is always important to remember that natural compounds by their nature will always be unpredictable and inconsistent. So sometimes we like to compare real foods with foods that are laboratory produced or laboratory refined and say that one is more predictable and consistent than the other. That doesn't always necessarily mean it's healthier. So if you get a natural fruit or vegetable, then you know, its level of nutrients is always going to be more variable than if you have a vitamin supplement. That doesn't necessarily mean it's better or healthier so just bear that in mind I also think it's really important to acknowledge that source is important and processing is important so whilst we're comparing 31 different pink salts from all over the world all sourced in different ways all processed in different ways that doesn't necessarily reflect on all of those brands of pink salt you know what it may mean is that you just need to be more careful of which one you choose and where it's sourced from and how it's processed. We just don't have enough data yet to say whether or not that's the case. This research does raise an interesting question, and that is really, you know, who is Nutrition Research Australia? And I've certainly supplied the links there to their websites, and they have a reasonable amount of information there about them and about who does their research in terms of the scientists and the dietitians, etc that they use. But it doesn't really go into who owns Nutrition Research Australia. You know, where does the money for these studies come from? Where is it provided by? You know, it does appear from the website that they may be somewhat of a gun for hire, you know, that companies can hire them to do research for them, which obviously can lead to implications of or at least suggestions of bias whether that's true or not and so it does open up the question of where why was this particular study done you know when you look at the study and you look at the press release that's been put out it does appear to be particularly media savvy incorporates a hashtag It, it feels more like a marketing campaign than a science one which causes us to question well just what is going on here where does this come from it may well be that this is an example of exactly what i'm often calling for in this show that this is truly Independent research that it is being independently funded and is giving us the information that we need to make better informed choices I'm just not one hundred percent certain that that's the case, and I'd love to know more to find out and and It's not readily available on their website. I didn't feel having said that, I did like their recommendations. you know the fact their recommendation was to use more herbs and seaweed in order to flavor your meals that makes a lot of sense to me, so you know it doesn't appear from their recommendations that this is particularly. Biased or agenda driven. So I'm kind of a bit up in the air. I'm not 100% sure on this one, but I just wanted to bring it to your attention so that you can make an informed choice about what you do. My final statement on this is I think it's important to keep an eye on pink salt and to see what research comes from this and to see what else is out there. You know, whether companies who are producing high quality pink salt are able to show that their pink salt coming from a healthy source, from health processed in a healthy way is able to avoid some of the negative consequences we're seeing here or whether in fact this is just a a consequence of pink salt itself and that maybe pink salt is something we should avoid you know i think more research needs to be done in order for us to determine that either way and I also think it's a great reminder for us to keep an eye on who conducts the research and why. Now, why was this particular research done? Why was it packaged up in such a media-savvy way? I think are all questions we should be asking. I'm not sure yet what the answer that is, but I definitely think they're questions we should be asking. You've been listening to This Week in Wellness with Brett Hill. To continue the conversation, find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thisweekinwellness. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. And for more information about this and other projects from me, head to drbretthill.com. This podcast is brought to you by Exercising Resilience. Would you like to be personally mentored by me to help you transform your feelings of fear, anxiousness and hopelessness into feelings of strength and resilience? Would you like to feel more resilient physically, mentally and financially? I've created a group mentoring program called Exercising Resilience. And right now, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial. That's 30 days of free daily access to me in a private group. Two free group mentoring calls a 21-day resilience challenge and access to a highly motivated tribe of people to support you along your way. Just head to exercisingresilience.com or click on the link in the show notes to get your free no-obligation month of resilience mentoring. That's exercisingresilience.com.